What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Splash Play, where the microphone situation, as you can see, has gotten completely out of control. Much like this season in the NFL, we're going to take you through all the important things. We've got John Daigle from Roto World coming up. We have Peter Overzet. We have myself, Chris Spaggs. And we have more microphones than any of the other fantasy football podcasts you can find. So today on Splash Play. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Splash Play, the show with more microphones per capita than any other fantasy show you will find on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere. I'm Chris Spaggs, joined once again by my pal, who is cracking up, the one that we found what finally broke Pete after half of an NFL season. It is too many mics, too stupid of a noise coming out of me. Peter Overset, how are you doing? Pete? I'm doing good. I'm just sorry. I hope everyone's hearing what I'm hearing, which sounds like Spags has like a voice decoder thing, making it sound like he's doing a ransom call right now. <laughs> and it's just all the more funny because he's frustrated with his mic situation. And uh, it's going to be really hard for me to keep it together this episode. But I am very excited to have John Daigle from Roto World, my pal. Welcome to the show, John. Who's the real donkey? Because I agreed to this. I agreed to this absolute disaster of Spags basically having three mics in front of him to create a filter. The video alone will be worth watching because of what's happening right now. I mean, I'm doing a little improv night here, sounding like a, like a Max Hedrum. Is it a robot? Is it an R and B? I don't even know how this sounds. It's driving me insane in every possible way. <laughs> I I really apologize. I, I I maybe I'll get it together at some point. I really hope I can. Uh, we have a great show for you guys today. Uh, we, what <laughs> we do, what say, Spags, what do you want to do first here? You're the one that normally keeps us on track. <laughs> it's it's tough with this current situation to feel like we're getting on track, but uh, we got Thursday Night Football on. It's halftime starting there. Calvin Ridley looks hurt. That's not great. Uh, the microphone situation, not great. But John, you're watching the game too, of course. You're over at Roto World. You have to watch and pay attention to everything out there. So you tell me, what do you think of tonight's Monday night or Thursday night football game? God, let's get the days right at least. This Thursday night football game with the Panthers and the Falcons. One, I know that Silva is yelling from the basement right now. Tell those guys what's up. So I gotta say, <laughs> I have to say that right now. And then also, I know that he had Curtis Samuel captain, but then chickened out and put Mike Davis in there. So oh. those are the those are the two things I know about Thursday Night Football right now. Wow, the the late swap tinkering it always gets you. He was on it though. Your running back captain's never the move either. We we say go ahead, go ahead, we say as I captain Todd Gurley, and he currently has five carries to Brian Hill seven. So yeah, I would agree. It doesn't ever work out for you. <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep you guys updated if anything else happens on Thursday Night Football, whether it be Evan Silva tilting in another room in John's home. Uh, but of course, John, we got to talk to you real fast. We got to hit the plugs first, but I want to talk really quickly because you're coming from Roto World and Evan Silva also obviously coming from Roto World. Ian Hart, it's another guy from Roto World. I feel like it's a star making a kingmaker position to be one of the lead football guys over there. So what's your next stop or what are you planning on already ahead? Are you going to be on ESPN? Or are you going to be the one who breaks that seal? Well, considering I have one year left of my contract, I can't really say that uh, <laughs> properly. But uh, I'm enjoying life right now. How about that? Having a great time. Only at Silva's, by the way, because I we told we were told we're not going back to studios until March. So I dumped my lease altogether. And the idea was to drive around the country isolating in cabins. Overzet originally called me a super spreader. I was in cabins in the mountains was the idea. What happened, though, is I stopped by Chicago for one night to see the big guy. And that has now become two months of my life that we have figured out a routine together. So I don't know what I'm leaving. I, I don't know what's going to happen here. But so far, so good. Enjoying Roto World and life. Were, with the cabin situation, were you going to send dangerous mail to people from those spots, or what was the what was the plan for the cabins? Because that's a you got to commit to a whole cabin based lifestyle, which does tend to coincide with with explosive devices. I had a I place like. rented out initially for a month, and uh, uh, what's the northern Michigan? Uh, 
Traverse, 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 however you pronounce Traverse, it. Traverse City. Traverse, the vineyards, yes, and playing golf around the area on the water. And that's what I was going to do for a month. And then as it got colder after the beautiful foliage, which I'm not going to see because I'm stuck in Silva's attic, uh, I was going to go travel further south towards Colorado, then back home to Texas. But here we are now, have not moved one iota, eating a lot of Mexican food around the corner. And that's what I'm doing now in my life. So are you getting lots of like passive aggressive comments from Silva? Like, so uh, when you thinking, uh, you know, kind of heading on out. <laughs> I, I'm the one who feels bad for him, actually, because it's it's intensified here. Uh, for instance, like if you go down the Rotoworld feed on a Tuesday, I'm so sorry. It's nothing but my face and my voice. Literally, it's just plastered there in front of everyone. But he is magnifying it because he hears it, and then he also re-listens to it, and then has to look <laughs> at the feed for news. So like his, it's just all it's just all drowning him right now. So I'm the one who's out of order here, not him. Yeah, I mean, that's it's got to be a fun party vibe there, of course. You two swinging bachelors <laughs> talking fantasy. I, where do you fall, John, on the debate? Because Pete and I have talked about it with the Osmo Empire Maker situation on Twitter. But you got the nerds in DFS. Then we have the cool guys. Pete and I somewhere in between. But are you more cool guy or do you feel more nerd? Uh, I will say considering yes! that yes, Silva Osmo got actually lives in Chicago, then I have to side with Osmo because I'm sure we'll be dinner doing dinner with him or champagne sometime. So I he Silva, can, he I can't hear you y'all. Revenge. He can't hear y'all, by the way, but he does. Yeah, he's getting revenge. Also, he's probably about to use the ice maker because he likes doing that when I'm recording. <laughs> Oh my god. That is one thing. If you if you miss any of Pete's live streams, there's always an adventure. And to give people the background, Pete, real fast, uh, you know, there was a situation where you got to the bottom of John and Evan living together in some sort of sitcom roommate situation. Yeah, we were doing a draft, the four of us, and they they were living <laughs> together. And so I we thought I thought it was awkward that like they weren't drafting like in the same room together because we we're all doing the same stream. And so eventually we wanted them to get on the same camera and we really wanted a bunny ear situation to happen, but we were all afraid of upsetting Silva about this. But Daigle finally got the stones. He went downstairs and it went to a slow build. He hit him with the bunny ears and I lost my shit. But now y'all have the clips you can splice together, the original bunny ears. And then it took two months, of course, but the revenge bunny ears. There we go. We did it. We revenge bunny ears, always the most devastating bunny ears <laughs> to see on a live stream. That's, that's how it goes. But John, you're here. So we're going to give you all of our usual run of segments, including this one called Numbers Don't Lie, where, John, you might see through this right away, but it tends to give Pete uh, some problems over and over again. We have three stats here. Two of them are true. One of them is false. And Pete has to guess which one is the false one. Now, with the added wrinkle of me having however my voice is coming across on the recording. So it's going to be extra difficult today. But, John, do you feel ready here? Are you... You're a nerd, right? So you're a numbers guy. You have I to know. I feel that you sound very professional. I'll say that. So I am ready. Yes. <laughs> everything that's so that, that text and kindness shining. Everything through. that Spag says sounds like a threat. It's like today yeah. we're gonna do numbers line. If you don't get it's, it, I will murder the dog. It's, it's definitely the same like voice the Zodiac killer used to call <laughs> yeah. into answering Gosh. machines. Yes. Should I just lean into it and be like and do no, the actual voice? You, you don't have two, to. two guys. You don't have to. It'll do it for yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, numbers don't lie. We'll try. You you accidentally muted yourself. And you muted yourself as well. So it's going really well so far. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite show. Pete, I'm glad anytime we get together, it is not a normal show. It is complete no. effing chaos every single time. No, yeah, I, I I can't do normal shows. It is uh, it just doesn't work with me. All right, well, can you hear me now? I, I somehow I hit the mute button on the, the vocoder. On the voice is back. You sound normal. You this sound normal. I'm shit. actually kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I was. Looking... My Windows is going to shut down in a minute. Why? What is? <laughs> Why is this happening? I mean, it's actually quite <laughs> shocking if you're listening to the podcast. I'm sure because you went from totally deep. And monotone too. Now it's like Bugs Bunny. It's like way up here. I, 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 I'll blame StreamYard. If my computer shuts down, Pete, just keep going. I'll come back. But let's try to do numbers don't I lie before it. it shuts down. <laughs> Please. Two guys who should be due for an uptick at roll. Oh, no. Spags is just having <laughs> just now? an all-time rough <laughs> show. <laughs> now he's frozen. This is, are we sure he's not using Karain's internet? Is that what's happening here? Oh, my God. All right. This is what we're going to do. Yes. Uh, I am going to, 
I can't even do this segment because only he knows what the uh, let's let's talk injury situations while he's off here. We have a, our, our segment injuries that actually matter. Daigle, I am so shook right now. It's fine. Uh, he can join back in. We're, we're gonna we're gonna recover. Don't worry. We, we're gonna recover. Okay, you're the Roto World guy. I Pete Carroll says that Carlos Hyde is just a minor hamstring, and then he continues not to practice. Is it DJ Dallas season? I want to be clear that Pete Carroll on Monday said Chris Carson is a game time decision. So Chris Carson is not ruled out yet. None of this matters at all that Homer, Carlos Hyde, and Carson have not practiced yet. It was always going to come down to Friday's practice. So we don't know anything. When you're listening to this podcast, hopefully you tune into the Seattle's injury reports. Since they're West Coast, they come out later. And then we will know for sure if it is only DJ Dallas season. And of course, in DFS, if it is Dallas season, that means you can pivot to gain leverage off of that by double stacking the Seahawks because no one's probably going to do that and not use Dallas. Yep. Uh, Spags, to catch you up, we have moved to injuries that actually matter because we realize we can't <laughs> do numbers, show. don't lie, without you. So we'll keep rolling here. Uh, I feel Alan- so important now in this one moment in time and never again. <laughs> <laughs> Good so far, though. You're back right now. No, I'm glad. I mean, I, I probably missed some important information that would have bailed out some lineups for me. But, uh, but yeah, the injuries are... <laughs> are piling up and uh, the Seattle injury does seem like one that's important in the backfield, but I'm actually curious your guys thoughts. And I had a graceful transition from numbers. Don't lie, but the Niners backfield is, is an important one to me and near and dear to my heart. Uh, Jarek McKinnon last week, I thought was going to get the work turned out. It was a rest week for him. Jeff Wilson now hurt. It does seem like McKinnon should get the load, but Jamichael Hasey's there. So John, I'm curious your thoughts because Pete and I have talked about this before, but the Niners backfield, how are you handling it this week? I want to hear your thoughts after mine because I'm curious. Uh, I've been following on the sword all week, and I just don't think they ever want to use Jermichael Hasty. Uh, they, of course, it took Jeff Wilson being available because he wasn't two weeks ago; he was last week, and that's why he outtouched Hasty 19 to two before injury. So the question is, how long do they want to rest McKinnon? Is it another rest week? Because that wouldn't make much sense, right? So I will gladly take the L and say that. I think McKinnon leads the backfield in touches this week. Pete, how are you feeling about this one with the Niners backfield? Because it is a spot where they are going to be committed to the run and Seattle's defense, even though it's mostly the pass defense that sucks. Like there could be a big game here if you just want to take the risk on which guy's going to get the touches. Yeah, I'm with Daigle because I think we've gotten oh, we've gotten two clues, right? That they don't want to use Hasty because they said they liked Hasty and then they used Jeff Wilson. And then we also know they use the backs very game script dependently. And now this looks like a pace up game, shootout game with Seattle. It feels like a McKinnon spot. Uh, so I, I like that call. And I don't think anyone's going to want to play him in DFS. No, I would agree after the last after the last week, which just, you know, I think the reports were a little bit dicey out there. And that is where you can find some opportunity in terms of ownership uh, for a main slate, especially in NFL DFS. Another injury that I'm curious to hear your guys thoughts about, because concussions can be really tricky. And Allen Robinson yet to practice this week due to his concussion. And uh, that's a spot where the Bears really don't have a guy who can do what he does. That said, you know, it doesn't seem like he's doing what he does every single week either. So, Pete, how do you feel about this spot first? Yeah, I mean, this was already one of the grosser games on the week, a low total. I mean, the Bears have basically no playmakers outside of uh, Allen Robinson. Although I will say, Darnell Mooney looked pretty good on uh, on Monday night, hitting those guys with the double moves. I think he had 115 air yards. So he's going to be a nice pump play value. But I think you worry about the overall efficiency and productiveness of this offense without Allen Robinson. Like I could just see a ton of, you know, three and outs without him. I'm curious if Daigle thinks they can succeed without a Rob. The sharp move was to jump on the look ahead saints minus two and a half, two weeks ago, because now it's minus four and a half. And I am, I'll have a prop relating to this later, but yes, I am terrified that this bears defense, Bears offense will just be horrendous. Uh, every single game, you see it. Everyone sees it. Darnell Mooney is overthrown by 20 yards downfield by Nick Foles. Like he's getting wide open, which is so impressive for a rookie, but Nick Foles just can't hit him. And I don't know if it would be any better with Mitchell Trubisky, but the fact is, uh, we'll at least get more of those five, you know, 20 yard overthrows from Mooney if Allen Robinson's out. And that's what it's looking like it's going to happen. Yeah, Mooney can definitely be a nice value play to throw in there with the caveat that it is the Bears offense. So we just saw 
on Monday looked completely dreadful in a spot where you would think they'd be able to get something going. Another guy who was out last week that could offer some value again, though, not quite the same situation. Joe Mixon trending towards being out, it looks like, mispractice today. Um, Giovanni Bernard last week had the big day, or at least big relative to his price, 20 fantasy points. This week, his price is up across the industry. John, how are you feeling about Bernard's prospects? If we're going to assume that Mixon out again with his foot injury where he's dancing around to practice but apparently can't run. It's only Thursday in DFS world. Everything changes by Friday night. But right now, I actually kind of like a Joe Burrow double stack with Boyd and Higgins and avoiding Geo altogether. If you do that, that means you probably have to run it back with Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry is a very tumultuous topic right now since he's egregiously priced on FanDuel. And we know what happens on DraftKings. He either explodes or he does nothing and you never get it right. So that's the way I lean right now is fading Geo at that price and instead going down to Jamal Williams, who I think is the better player anyhow in a better game environment. But uh, yeah, that's how I feel, even though I'll probably play Geo in cash right now, honestly. Yeah, no, that does make some sense. Got the work last week and did get the results, though. You know, imbued by some touchdowns, his results last week. Pete, how are you feeling about the prospects for Bernard if Joe Mixon isn't out or isn't yeah, out there? I, I think he's a great play. I And I think we see this happen with these pump play running backs who we saw it with Mike Davis. I think we'll see it with Jamal Williams and Gio Bernard where their price jumps big time, but the price still doesn't reflect their role if they have, you know, command lead of that backfield. So I love going back to it. People just sit there and they're like, I, I just played him at 4,000. I don't want to pay for him at 6,100, you know, in Jamal Williams case. So uh, I love going back to these guys. If they're going to have a bell cow workload, would you use Burrow with them or would you get off of Burrow? I probably wouldn't. I don't do those QB running back stacks, unless it's just yeah. like a massive funnel. Like I think if you want to use Breeze with Kamara and you know someone, I think it makes sense. But I mean, what Geo had? What did he have? Four or five catches? Yeah, and then he got into the end zone like what was like pretty much the last play. Um, and the the thing is, is that I love the Titans team total because the, the Bengals won't be able to stop the Titans here, especially after trading their best pass rusher midweek. But if that's the case, that means that Bernard still soaks up all these catches and negative game script. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think the running backs, you know, anytime you have a running back who gets enough carries, they don't correlate perfectly with the quarterback. So mm-hmm. I don't think it'd be a must have. But if you got it, you know, if you're running an optimizer, I don't think it's the worst thing. I know that's that was an awesome stance for a while that always kind of uh, stuck with me because it can be tough with the running backs and parsing that out. Another injury that can be tough to parse out, or maybe not. Odell Beckham out for the year. Rashard Higgins has declared himself the starter on social media. He looked good last <laughs> week, got the volume, ended up in our snake draft, Pete. You took him in the waiver wire snake draft we did. Um, so Pete, what do you think about his prospects here with no Odell and the Browns, you know, maybe a chance here that things get a little bit more harmonious with no Odell and just being able to spread the targets around for Baker as he needs. Yeah, I've seen that take and I actually kind of agree with it. Normally I'm not like going to do the Ewing theory kind of thing where like this team is better, but it's hard to deny uh, that there was some kind of thing going on where Baker felt he was having to force things with Odell or whatever. I, I agree with that harmonious angle. My my issue with Rashard Higgins is I have a hard time getting excited about like his athletic profile. You know, he was a, a volume producer at college, CSU Ram guy, uh, Bolitnikoff finalist, just huge dominator rating there. And he's a, I think of him as like a Tyler Boyd light. You know, he's going to rack up receptions, but this guy doesn't have game breaking, you know, ability. So that's why I was going heavier on Denzel Mims on the waiver this week. Cause I'm always chasing that athleticism, but Daigle, I mean, Higgins is going to step into a pretty nice PPR role. And I love Higgins. Higgins is actually, remember, he was drafted with Corey Coleman and he's outlasted him on that team this long. The issue, he has that rapport going back to 2018 with Baker Mayfield. The issue is that he got into Freddie Kitchen's doghouse week one after being injured in the second half. And now Evan Ingram instead is in Freddie Kitchen's doghouse and sees the tight ends coach for the Giants. So I, I love Higgins in general. Since week five, we know what he's already shown. 11 targets, 10 catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. And more importantly, in that span, he's played 81 snaps out wide and 36 from the slot, meaning he's not going to come off the field. It would be Donovan Peoples-Jones or Kadero Hodge when Hodge comes back. And he actually practiced this week already. So I think those are the two players who cannibalize one another's reps. And it's Higgins and Landry pretty much all the time. And at this stage of his career, Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe just this season in general under Stefanski. Like Landry doesn't have 100 yards and two touchdowns in his bag. That's Higgins. 
No, I think that's fair. And I think one thing that jumps out to me too, you know, Higgins certainly running some routes with Beckham and Landry out there and Hooper as well, who's still banged up and maybe won't get in this week. Um, but Higgins only in a 12% targets per route. So it's not like he's getting looked at a lot when he is running routes out there. You know, that can change without Odell sucking in uh, with both his ego and uh, whatever other interests he has in his life. Um, all the attention that he needs. I think it could be tough for, you know, for Higgins to really find that meaningful floor that we saw last week, which I think people are going to be chasing quite a bit. So I might move away from Higgins this week. Another wide receiver based injury, Rashad Perriman concussed, Jameson Crowder limited. And I think this is an important question because I've actually been getting some questions of people DMing in, uh, asking about the Kansas City team and whether the Jets are actually worth playing against them. And I'm still going to say no, but I do think if Perriman is out and Crowder, you know, if he's out or limited, there could be opportunity here just because these guys would be trailing from the jump. But John, you tell me, is this crazy to even think about playing any Jets at all, even if you were playing a ton of lineups? Uh, in DFS, we're talking yeah. about? I, I don't think it's too crazy, to be honest, because we already got confirmation that OC Dow Loggins is going to call plays again, and he used a top three rate of motion pre-snap um, unlike Adam Gase, who only runs 11 personnel, no matter how many injuries he has. And that's been a big issue this year. So I just think overall, they're honestly a better offense. They were very good in the first half. And then, of course, only threw for four yards in the second half. That was why they didn't hang with the Bills. But if we get anything, like Pete said, he's the one who bid on Denzel Mims, who came in his very first game, his NFL debut, and recorded a team high in target share. Braxton Berrios, oddly enough, has shown amazing chemistry with Sam Donald when they played together and we don't know if we're going to have James Crowder in the slot this year this week again so I, I don't know it's an interesting spot it's the same spot it reminds me of that Chiefs versus Raiders game a couple weeks ago where the winning tournament stack was the Chiefs because no one thought the Raiders could hang and that's all it takes not winning the game which the Raiders did but just hanging around by two scores would force Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Kelsey to keep their foot on the gas so it's an interesting spot for sure I don't know if I have Mims but that's the one I would be leaning towards if I did Pete, how are you feeling about the Jets where they're a 19 and a half point underdog? So one would assume they'd have to throw pretty early in that game. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> geez, excuse me. Um, I'm kind of, I was trying to do your voice there. We for all a can't talk on Mike today. I appreciate you taking that bullet for us all. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually want Jamison Crowder to play it. Just again, that same thing. Like we want this offense to be efficient, move the ball down the field. Braxton Berrios has been kind of a one for one in the slot replacement for Jamison Crowder. So if I think Jamison Crowder comes back, Berrios goes back to more of a bit role. Perriman out is actually way more interesting to me for Mims because they're mm -hmm. both the outside receivers. Perriman was getting a ton of air yards, deep targets. That's kind of the role we know Mims can play. I mean, this is a guy that runs a 4-3-8. He has a 6-6-3 cone drill, meaning he's very agile, and he's doing this at six feet three. Like, he's a very athletic, talented dude. So I think that's the setup if you want to play Mims like I do is you hope Rashad misses and Crowder's in so that offense can be baseline competent. So this is a transition of numbers don't lie, which we tried to get about before uh, another of the catastrophic wheels falling off on today's show. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and a review. It helps out and maybe increases the likelihood of a microphone working for me at some point one of these weeks. Either way, numbers don't lie here. Three interesting <laughs> stats. And Peter and John today are going to guess which two are true and which one is false. And this first one ties hey, into Hey, can I prime Daigle for this? Yeah. So... Spags does some sneaky shit, dude. You got to listen real close because it's not an obvious lie. I mean, he might just change the decimal of a number and try to get you on it. So I'm just saying, be on your toes. Okay, I and I admittedly haven't watched all of the shows, but I've seen Harditz, I've seen Reeves, so I am somewhat a little bit lubed up. We're going to see what happens here. I, you right. know, John, I know you said the take the L thing earlier, and I was like, is John trying to show that he watched a couple episodes? And I, I appreciate that. You did your research. You didn't get bombarded here by what I we have. I support my friends. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, John. And go support John, of course. Follow at not Jay Daigle. That's the right one, right? I don't want to give the wrong it's John. It's the worst Daigle. Twitter. It's the worst Twitter name ever, yes. <laughs> at not Jay Daigle. At John Daigle was already taken, so I gave up. That bastard, take it all your luxury, all the all the either or start sick questions you get every week. You must be so jealous. Oh my God, I'll give it to him. I think it's actually someone who passed away, so we shouldn't talk ill. <laughs> we shouldn't He's talk ill. Revenge already is what that <laughs> sounds like. But hey, the account's been inactive since 2016, so maybe give it to me already. Daigle's like at an estate sale trying to get a Twitter <laughs> handle. <laughs> 
At some point, they come available again. Either way, though, two guys who should be due for an uptick in role due to injuries are the young Jacoby Myers and rookie Denzel Mims. The two AFC East wide receivers also share one particular stat in common, with both clocking a respectable 1.8 yards per route run, higher than people like Brandon Cooks, Deontay Johnson, and even Tyreek Hill. John, again, I'm going to expect you to do better here than Pete based on our track record thus far. So this one sound true to you or maybe a little bit of a fib that I'm giving you? I think it's a fib. Okay, Pete, how do you feel about it? I buy it. I buy it because Jacoby Myers has been really good uh, when he stepped in and Denzel Mims was uh, was pretty good too in his debut. So I'm buying this one for I, now. Let me say, I think the decimal is off. See, he does do that shit, dude. It could be like 1.79. He'll be like, no, it's 1.8. Yeah, I wouldn't. That's a rounding thing. I would never do that. That's a lie. Either way, the next thing up, rookie Ben DiNucci is expected to make his first start for Dallas and really all of Italian America on Sunday night. But he and fellow rookie Tua Tagvailoa, who I always, I never say the last name, just Tua, have a lot to live up to from one other young starter this year, rookie Brett Rippon. He's the only QB with a perfect QB rating on deep throws so far in 2020. Pete, I'll ask you first, because you know I like a little limited sample size data sometimes to throw you off. Could Brett Rippon be the only perfect deep ball thrower this year? I mean, what is the sample size threshold for this? Just that he started and threw deep balls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 20 plus yards, right? Yes. Um, Yeah, I could buy this one. I just... You're just so sneaky and just, <laughs> I don't trust anything you do, but I could buy this. John, how do you feel about it? I think he actually did have a perfect passer rating when he came off the bench, but that lone start he had against the Jets on Thursday night, he was atrocious. Um, so I'm going to say false. I won't stand for that rip and slander. He was perfectly acceptable <laughs> relative to our QB play, but I won't spoil it. I won't know the last one here. Rookie runner Jamichael Hasty should see some carries for San Francisco, even though his workload with Jarek McKinnon is unclear. If San Francisco is smart, they'll play Hasty more than Jet. Hasty averages 9.5 yards per carry to McKinnon's 4.8. He's had one missed tackle and every time he saw John, does that sound true? And which one do you think is the lie out of these three? I think that's true. And I think the lie is the, I'm going to say the second one. It could be the first, but I'm going to lean the ripping stat. All right. I'm, I'm in your head, John. I could feel it already. Pete, how about you? Oh, I'm always in your head. We know that. The 9.5 yards, because when he came in relief that one game, that that does seem about right, because he had a really good finish to that. And McKinnon's you know, yards per carry is never anything too special. So that one... This is, I hate this segment so much. <laughs> I thing, swear to God, I swear to God, if you change the decimal, I'm done with this segment forever. Um, the, the, the thing is, McKinnon had like three for negative one last week too. So I, I don't know how that worked into the math. I am going to say you love Ben DiNucci. Like you drafted him in our way. <laughs> like you just love your Italian Americans. You got mad when I made an Italian joke and said he sounded like an Italian car salesman. I think you are just trying to manufacture a lie to get Ben DiNucci into this segment. That is incorrect, Pete. The lie is the Michael Hasty line. Um, he is, in fact, averaging 5.2 yards per carry. Still a great number, but not exactly 9.5. 9.5 would be an aberration amongst it all. And Jarek McKinnon averaging 4.8 yards per carry. So my point really was that these running backs, basically the same guy. I knew how... I knew Hasty had like nine for fifty-seven last week too, and I, I just yeah. I was overthinking it. I was looking. I thought that would screw with Pete because I, knew I was looking for the decimal places to move around. Do you know what actually messed with me on that? Is I was thinking of that game that uh, Derrick Henry went off, and uh, what's his uh, Jeremy McNichols had a higher yards per carry than he did. It was at like ten point two, and I was like, oh, Hasty did really good. I could see him on a small sample size having an absurd yards per carry, but I was wrong. Once again, <laughs> I think it's more just an example of the fact that anybody who's playing in that Niners backfield is going to have some good times. So an important thing to figure out this week, potentially, but let's give a quick week eight overview and then we'll do our ride or die picks. And if again, you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe. Where else will you find a show with as many things <laughs> to take away from this episode and follow at not Jay Daigle, uh, John doing a great job at Roto world. Again, the next, the next King amongst all of the people who've come through Roto world. So please go follow him. And, and by uh, King, he means he's literally going to slay the, 
former king of Roto World and live in his house. <laughs> one, one night when he's sleeping. <laughs> You're going to leave Evan in a pile of his own Ned Starkness. <laughs> he has. This is probably too much info, by the way. Never truly be released on a podcast. But uh, we watch a lot of true crime at night. since There's no sports on. And he has just looked at me one night. It's like 1.30 in the morning. He goes, Daigle, I'm going to bed. And I'll grab my computer and I'll start walking back upstairs. He goes, yo, don't kill me. And then he just lays down and goes to sleep. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say that he had thought about how he could kill you and get away with it. Which <laughs> no, would have been much more probably the opposite, to be quite honest. Yeah. He has a nice house, so. <laughs> That's fair. The you thing is, it's like the second one of you wasn't showing up on shows for like a week. Everyone's like, wait, Silva's living with Daigle. Like, give away, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk real fast about the overview. And I feel like this week is a little bit different. There aren't exactly the the massive over-unders that we've seen in the last few weeks. The marquee game this week is Pittsburgh-Baltimore. And we're going to go game by game, give our ride-or-die picks. But, John, does this week to you, because to me, I think you can usually sum up a week by being like, hey, this game kind of illustrates what this week was. I feel like this week's going to be a bit of a come down. The defenses have had enough time to get established. And Pittsburgh-Baltimore, you know, it's a big game for that division, big game for the AFC, but... I feel like that one's going to be a bit of a slog that people are going to look to more in fantasy than they probably should. Well, it's big weather as well on a yeah. Wednesday and a Thursday. Everyone already knows the forecast for Sunday morning, apparently. So <laughs> that's something to keep in mind. Um, I think totals have been bet down far too early. Uh, there are a couple we'll mention here later on. But yeah, I'm still interested in a lot of overs due to the overreaction so far early in the week. Pete, how are you feeling about this week? Is there anything that jumps out to you, I guess? Or do you have any thoughts about Pittsburgh-Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, I think that is going to be one of the more fun games to watch. Uh, but I think from DFS, it's like night and day from last week where we had all of those totals that were well over 50. And this week, we only have a couple of them. We don't have uh, a ton of chalk solidifying yet. You know, they priced up all the backup running backs. So even though we have maybe some value opening up, they're not just obvious plays. I will say DJ Dallas at 4,400 would be obvious. But I think this is going to be last week was a play the best play all the optimal lineups got there i think this is like the gpp contrarian slate for us here to get get off the board with some plays and not have a lot of opportunity cost while doing so i mean i know i'm looking at the osmo ownership projections just to see if there's anything interesting to talk about and they have uh kareem hunt and darren waller being the two highest owned guys on the slate and it just feels risky to me to expect a lot of production from a cleveland las vegas game but uh, John, do you have any feeling here? I guess because you're you have your ear to the street as much as anybody. Being on Roto World, you hear from a lot of people. Are, are people really buzzing about this Cleveland Las Vegas game as being a, a fantasy treasure trove? What's funny is that I'm actually buzzing about that game. Uh, and I know that's another weather spot we're watching, but Darren Waller is such a good play because not only does he lead the Raiders in all those fat and happy categories we love, especially at the tight end, um, target share, eight red zone targets, four end zone targets, but also he's a good perhaps contrarian play to pay up and to not spin down on Harrison Bryant and David Njoku and those guys. Plus Derek Carr has just been good. 19 fantasy points in four of his last five games. The issue is why it could backfire is because Baker Mayfield outside of last week was not, has not been good. And it took him 22 completions to throw five touchdowns, which is a complete anomaly because he's never, he hasn't scored over 16 fantasy points in any game prior to that. So I worry about the Browns offense, honestly, but if we get any kind of pushback because the Raiders can't rush the passers, what they're not good at, then I think the game could still go over. Pete, how are you feeling about the Browns Raiders game that, you know, seems like an ugly matchup on paper, especially if that weather gets weird, but uh, could have some very high on fantasy plays. Yeah, as far as like the chalk plays, I mean, Hunt, I think is is pretty good chalk. I, I don't like eating uh, tight end chalk. I get it. Waller's a nice price at 5,600 relative to his role. And also like it, I was looking at Osimo's projections too, and he has Josh Jacobs pretty highly owned. Yeah. And like Josh Jacobs is one of those guys similar to Derrick Henry in a lesser way where I'm down to play him when he's going to be low owned, but his role is not cemented enough to play him as a chalky guy. Like there's just too much risk to get him getting game scripted out and, you know, Booker and Richard getting carry. So I, from, I'm not as excited about that game, not from the environment, but just more, I don't know if I want to eat that chalk. It's not guaranteed, but you probably have to play Josh Jacobs if you're not playing the passing game just to get touchdown leverage off of them. It's the same situation as week one, except a much worse matchup for Josh Jacobs. And we saw what happened. Jacobs fell in for three touchdowns, took all of Carr's 
touchdowns away. So you either had to have him or you faded him altogether. I faded him that week. That's why I remember it so vividly because it <laughs> hurt watching him pretty much do nothing but score touchdowns. But that could happen again. Yeah, and it could certainly see Derek Carr throw. Derek Carr actually projected for some ownership too, which uh, surprises me. But I guess I actually have had a couple people tweet me this week about Derek Carr being somebody to consider in season long. And I don't know. I feel like this game could end up being a little bit uglier. That total over under 51 has been bet uh, bet down two and a half points since it opened. So I think there could be some a little bit too much love for that game. But uh, we'll talk about that as we go. And uh, of course, before we get into the ride or die picks, we have to hit the troll equity play of the week. Actually, Pete, should we do the shower narratives one? I don't know if we have enough time or if we just want to get. We kind of did it organically. Yeah, we did. <laughs> sure, John is new to come in in defense mode and, and tackle that right away. <laughs> What's the shower narrative? Oh, we were gonna we we're gonna do a segment based on you and Silva living yeah. together in the in the same house, and we were gonna mention you know Albert O has had uh, some recent nice play, <laughs> of course, played with Drew Locke at Missouri. We're trying to figure out you know the correlation here between two guys living together. Has your fantasy analysis you know a rising tide lifts all boats situation with you guys under the same roof? Uh, I've actually had quite a few mentions this season of people saying, like, Daigle, your takes have gotten better. Like, clearly, Silva's <laughs> rubbing off on you. I was like, first of all, I carry my own weight in this house. And second of all, uh, I'm the only person who will actually, like, tell him no as well. He's like, Daigle, what do you think of this? No, nope, don't like it. And, of course, I'm, I'm wrong because he's the GOAT. But I will tell him no. Well, I think knowing the both of you, and especially, you know, for me, knowing Silva, we did a season of shows together with the Osmo on the Contrary shows, like, do you guys talk about fantasy when you're off the clock? Like, are you still thinking about it and the wheels are spinning oh, all day long? That's all. It, I mean, that's all it is. Yeah. So <laughs> Cook, Cook County, oh, I shouldn't say the county just in case. Well, it's a big enough county. Cook County in Chicago <laughs> um, just closed restaurants, indoor dining yesterday. Um, and it's for an unknown time. But before then, our Friday night ritual was I finished the DFS show, 6 p.m. Eastern, Rotor World shameless plug and then we'd have a two-hour break between his show and we would go get margaritas and just like consult and talk about the weekend and like that's all we did at dinner that's all we do during lunches is can talk about injuries like yes that's what it is however i will say that like you wouldn't believe it but i stay upstairs he stays downstairs and we work literally from like 7 a.m to 7 p.m and then consult and see each other again at 7 p.m but until then i just evaporate in the wall and i'm just like grinding upstairs has there you been a tape that either you or him have emerged from your separate caves with that you're like oh this is money like i like this is amazing i didn't even think of it it happens quite a bit. Uh, it's more. Oh, oh it's, no, no, humble brag there. <laughs> oh no, accident, accident on my part. Um, no, no, it, it's more shocking though. Whenever we're just like combating, combating heads. Like uh, I think I was strong on the. I was strong on the Rams over the Bears. I just thought it was such a bad matchup. And then he had already. It's funny because I'll say something, and then like it turns out he already bet the opposite side earlier in the week. And so then we're just at at fisticuffs. Um, also, I bet. Evan Ingram last week on Thursday night under 40 yards and the number of times he told me in the middle of the game, Daigle, what a bad bet against the Eagles uh, was just atrocious. And especially because on the very last play, Ingram went over 40 yards. Do you guys know like the TikTok slash Instagram houses where they have like influencers get together and hang out and live together? Like there should be a fantasy football house where it's just, you know, cool dudes hanging out, drinking some IPAs and talking fantasy. I think I would, I'd support that. It's a lot more like me cooking dinner for us and then <laughs> creating three plates, two for him and then one for me. Like, that, that's how our nights go, to be honest. I was going to say, you got to keep up your dinner tradition in some capacity because I listened to that Friday Kama Sutra show on ETR mm -hmm. and Silva being just a little toasty on it is it's just chef's kiss uh, so you need to keep plying him before that show my favorite moments are like this is very behind the scenes but me like texting levitan on the way to the house and be like uh levitan i'm bringing in silva a little hot tonight i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. we got a little heavy-handed tonight i'm sure silva could tell you we, we did a saturday morning show for 16 weeks and he had to call in sick a couple times because sometimes <laughs> Friday got a little too a little too exploratory in terms of his ideas for fantasy football and that's that'll happen <laughs> It's been fun. It's been it's been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it. And hey, if it's making you better, it's all that matters. And uh, speaking of, one thing that I guess won't make you better this week, the troll play of the week, there's always one, some player who's very overowned, very popular, who blows up in people's faces, or his running back, or his backup, rather, his, his understudy, uh, if we're going to use the politically correct terms of 2020, uh, maybe takes a touchdown away. John, do you have any read here on a guy who's going to be owned? We talked about a couple in that Cleveland-Vegas game, but 
one spot that might blow up in people's faces this week where somebody else could thrive. We already talked about it. I like the Saints quite big against the Bears on the road. I just think their defense, which isn't even good, gets it done against Nick Foles. And what I perceive happening is two and a half, three score lead, 17 points, 21. We get down inside the 10. Kamara's going to score his second touchdown. And then, of course, Taysom Hill runs in. And as we know, Taysom Hill never hands it off. It's always a QB keeper. And he, he just punches it in from inside the 10. So that is my troll of the week. All right, Pete, what about you? Who's the troll play of the week? Yeah, so everyone now rightfully is very excited about Devontae Adams coming off, uh, you know, 47%, uh, you know, target share in that game. He's going to be very popular in DFS this week against the Vikings, which means it's time for a dud game for Devontae Adams while MVS pops off for two deep touchdowns. Just the ultimate troll game of the week coming from Marquez Valdez-Scantling here. I think for me, I'm going to go Kareem Hunt going to be owned again. And I just don't think they're going to use Kareem Hunt to take to carry all the water as in the way that maybe they should. I think Baker Mayfield once again goes off and has four touchdowns this week spread out to a bunch of people. So doesn't even work correctly as a stack unless you play the Harrison Bryant's of the world. Apparently the guy who's in the hunt for rookie of the year, which for I don't know, according to whose rankings, but ESPN tweeted that out today. (laughs) That, he, that's a thing. He's getting rookie of the year buzz. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. Harrison Bryant, a tight end catches two touchdowns. All of a sudden, everybody's got their eyes on him. He was, quote, the effing Mackey award winner, Daigle, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the Evan insight. We're getting like some free ETR content just by having you. I I channeled my uh, Evan by when I mentioned Higgins as being a former Bolitnikoff finalist. So, you know, we're, we're getting the college awards on the show. Oh yeah. That's, that's a big silver callback. Oh yeah. All right, it's time for the ride or die picks. And of course, they're only as good as the amount of likes that we get on this channel. So hit the like button and subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, throw us five stars and a review. It helps out a bunch. Just me and Pete here every week, along with our, our generous guests like John, who show up and tolerate all the various hurdles that come with being an independent operation. So uh, please help us out. Give us a little love and uh, hit that like button. Last, or I guess let's let's get into it right away. New England, 19 implied points. Buffalo, 22.5 implied points. A game with a 41.5 over-under that has been bet down throughout the course of the week. Two points. John, is there anything you like in this game enough to make it a ride-or-die pick? So to be clear, do I have a ride-or-die pick every single game? Yeah, you got to find one anyway. I made it sound like you had a choice. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, that's why I was confused. <laughs> uh, yes, I do. And I think the Patriots win outright. I think we are overrating one bad game plan. And don't get me wrong, it was a miserable game plan against the 49ers, but it's still a Bel- Belichick team. Like, he's not going to let them fall uh, drastically like that in two games in a row in the division matchup when the Patriots defense has had Josh Allen's number every single time they played. So I like the Patriots' money line. All right, Pete, what about you and the ride or die picks for this game? Yeah, this is a, a gross game. It's actually good to hear that Daigle's on that. In our super contest uh, pick, we ended up taking uh, the Patriots with the points. They're yep. getting three and a half. So uh, I feel good that uh, that Daigle's doing that. I am, I'll side with Daigle on this New England having a good game. I'm going to say, let's see, Cam Newton is 5,700 on DraftKings. I'm going to just, I'm just going to go for it all here right away. I'm going to say a naked Cam is in the Millie-making winning lineup. And unstacked Cam Newton takes it down. 5,700 still, I think, has one of the bigger upsides relative to that cost of any quarterback. I love the call. If I had to stack him, though, I would choose Jacoby Myers, who is actually good, unlike Julian Edelman. Yes. This is what I, I'm going to just, I, it's enough to say Cam Newton is in the winning Millie totally. lineup. So totally. I'm going to scale that back. Uh, if Jacoby <laughs> finds his way in there, I'm going to take the points. Um, and by the way, I don't know like how you assign points afterwards or during later. Hot whatever. topic. Okay. Well, well, uh, I have some bolder ones because I'm swinging for the fences. I'm trying to beat my friends that have uh, appeared on the show earlier this year. So I have some bolder ones. We go on. It's sort of like basically Pete is the bookmaker and then we're all negotiating against Pete to decide like, oh, is this 10 points? Is this three points? And we have certain benchmarks we've established, but it's you got to grease okay. Pete up real good and he'll give you what he wants. I'm surprised that Spags even knows what a three and 10 pointer is. He's more only just shooting the little bunnies <laughs> right by the hoop. It's unfair. Given that 10 pointers bailed me out in the last few weeks, <laughs> a 10 pointer is like a showdown captain, John. So that's, that's sort well, of the frame of well, reference. You accidentally backed into like my softest one. I have some bolder takes as we go along here. Let's do um, it. 
for me in this one, I think I'm going to say that Josh Allen ends up a top three QB on the week. I think that people, and this is just something that's bothered me. People overrate the new England defense based upon last year where they were great, but also probably overachieved. They're giving up 130 yards per game right now. They're also not looking good against the pass. Stefan Gilmore might get traded, which has you know not benefited his, uh, his performance so far this year relative to being a shutdown corner. So I think Josh Allen, uh, maybe this is the week he bounces back when people have just kind of gotten down on him. So that's the one I'll go to and, next and game. But Josh Allen wasn't even bad last week. They didn't punt the ball. They got to the red zone eight times, yeah. kicked eight field goals. Uh, he just couldn't put it in from inside the 20 is all, but they are still good. Yeah, they are very inclined to do the bare minimum when they have to. And I, I you know, and I think that if in this game, if New England keeps it competitive enough, maybe we see a little better Josh Allen. Maybe and, a little better Stefan Diggs too, but I don't feel as brave in that. And I know that because Pete and I both rostered Josh Allen last week. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, the spy lineup didn't work out that well I, for Pete. No, I, I had him in the spot too. I, I do need to put on my bookmaker hat for this one. I guess, I guess that's a three pointer. (laughs) Tough book here that we have on. No, no, because Russell Wilson, Mahomes and Lamar are going to project as the top three. So that that's really what he has to crack into. So it's, it's, it's less likely than a 50, 50, but you're skating on thin ice over there. (laughs) I'll watch it, counselor. Moving forward, <laughs> getting 21.5 implied points. Baltimore getting 25 implied points, a three and a half point favorite over under a 46.5 in this game. Pete, I will let you go first. Yeah, I am back. I, I'm excited about this game for both real life and fantasy, and I'm ready to get back on the Chase Claypool train. I feel like people are, for some reason, down on him just because he had uh, a poor game, but his routes were still similar. We know this offense can support two of these guys going off each week. Last week, it was Juju and Deontay Johnson. This week, I think it could be Claypool and Ebron. So I'll, I'll plant this flag with Claypool. I will say he's a top five wide receiver on the week. Yeah, oh, downer last week, but go ahead, John. That's strong. Uh, I actually had, so I have two Claypool alternatives, so I have to spin this now. Um, I guess the stronger take is two touchdowns. Is that good? That's strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's I'll, strong. I'll take Chase Claypool scores two touchdowns. The other one is just Chase Claypool outscores Juju, but that happens every week, so who cares? Um, Chase Claypool scores two touchdowns is my bet. I'm going to go easy on this one because I don't have a great read on this game. Both teams blitzing at really high rates, and that's that worries me for both sides of the equation. Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore covering here. I think that they're better than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has played a little bit over their heads, and uh, I, oh, man, even that feels dodgy. It's a coin flip always, but uh, yeah, Pittsburgh not covering feels like the pick. Um, next game up, we got Las Vegas getting 24.3 implied points against Cleveland, a game that we talked about earlier, uh, getting 26.8 implied points. A lot of love expect for this one, but that over-under has come down two and a half points. Now it's sitting at 51, and I guess I have to go first in this one, and I'm going to go with, uh, man, I don't like anything in this game. Everybody's really over-owned. Jarvis Landry... Um, makes the millionaire maker winning lineup. I feel like that's the one thing that's not owned adequately here, and he's going to get a lot of love here with no Odell Beckham. So that's my pick. John, you can follow me up with something better. Darren Waller scores more DK points than Harrison Bryant and and David and Joku combined. Is that is that not even hot? Pete, so, might have, Pete's going to have a hard time here because he could be mean to me. He's going to have a hard no, time. No, no, I'll be I'll be mean. Also, like the. <laughs> Projection I'm looking at has uh, Waller at 11.9. And then you have, who are the two you have here? Uh, the two Browns tight ends, um, Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. Okay, let me let me pull them up. Yeah, they're going to project similarly. So that you can do that, but I think it's just a one No, I want more points. So let's just do uh, Rashad. No, no, sorry, I was wrong. I was wrong. Bryant is at 11.6 and Najoku's at 10.5. So 20 versus Waller's Where are you looking at for projections? <laughs> no, now I was looking at the ceiling projections. God damn it. This Okay. <laughs> Uh, screw it. Let's just make it hotter is what I'm trying to say. We'll make it hotter. Let's just do a Rashad Higgins out produces every Raiders wide receiver combined. Okay. That's, that's hot. Is that hot enough? Yeah. Okay. You don't have to do the math right now. Don't worry. I was going to do something similar because I was trying to think like Darren Waller is going to be chalk. Kareem Hunt is going to be chalk and Josh Jacobs is going to be chalk. And I'm going to say Henry Ruggs outscores them all. Okay. Yeah, I think that, that's fair. That's a good I, one. That's all. I think Waller is going to be overowned this week, and I was heavy on him last week, but uh, it looks like he's projected for t- over twenty five percent based on Osmo. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. 
Yeah, so like he's going to be owned. I have him as having with the again the Monte Carlo Sims, John. You're you're new to the show. You might not have seen. I, I run Monte Carlo Sims to get a read on projections and standard deviations and all that. I have Waller only getting there sixteen percent of the time to be the top tight end of the week. So I think he's over owned. That's just my one observation. This game's going to be chalky as shit, though. I would not play anything from this game actually. What John, what a day or uh, what Chris hasn't told people is Monte Carlos him is actually the name of a ventriloquist dummy that he just talks to and whatever ideas uh, he says back to him is is what he does. I, so. I thought it was the brand of a new three mic system. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of ways. Hey, play, don't play Darren Waller. I would love to have a stock puppet here to help out and <laughs> help the show out in a variety of ways. Something we can invest in later. Next game up, Indianapolis getting 26.3 implied points. Detroit getting 23. 3.8 implied points over under a 50 points has not moved much moved a half point over the course of the week. And John, you were back up. You can go first. I saw rich rebar do it. The issue is he's a visionary and he sees all. So he was just two weeks early. So I'm going back to Jonathan Taylor over a hundred yards and two touchdowns in this spot. Ooh, nice matchup for him. Pete, what about you? Yeah, I think Kenny Galladay, his price relative to his ceiling is still off. For me, I'll I'll do the same treatment that I did earlier. I'll say Kenny Galladay, similar to Chase Claypool, top five wide receiver on the slate. I will say Marvin Jones, highest scoring position player in this game. Um, uh, that feels lofty enough, though. T.Y. Hilton is just... Uh, John, have you had any feelings on T.Y. Hilton? Is Because I always want to play him every week, and this week he's going against a lot. Looks like Jeffrey Akuda, who's been one of the worst cover corners in the league so far. Are you playing T.Y. Hilton at all? I am not personally because it's not a Philip Rivers issue. Like Marcus Johnson, Ashton Doolin, these guys are Zach Pascal are having no issue separating and getting the ball downfield. It's a T.Y. Hilton issue because he's just old and dusty. So uh, I personally am not playing him. Having said that, if you do, I would not hate it because I've played much worse players. <laughs> got, got the bye week. Pete, are you going to play any T.Y. Hilton this week? You know, I was looking at it because I, I saw he's in the air yards by low model. He, uh, Mike Clay says he has an easy cornerback matchup. He's 4,900, but you know me, I don't like these dusty old guys, but like, I'm really tempted. I'm really tempted. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't reached 70 yards or scored a touchdown all year. I mean, it's, it's bad right now in those streets. Yeah, Philip Rivers not quite using him as much as I would have thought, but maybe this is the week they figured out against Detroit. Who knows? Next game up, Rams getting 24.8 implied points against Miami. He's getting 21.3. First start of two on their side, over under 46. Pete, you're up for... Man, I'm I'm so excited to watch Tua, but I think this is going to be tough sledding for them. That said, this guy, Miles Gaskin, is just egregiously priced. I mean, like, what does this guy have to do to get a price bump? He's a bell cow running back. They're making him 5,200 here. I will say uh, Miles Gaskin ends up in the winning Millie Maker lineup, a value you just have to have. Oof. Okay. I looked at the Monte Carlo projections, and they came out and said... Cam Akers under one and a half carries. <laughs> Ooh, poor Cam Akers. All the Cam Akers believers suffering every week. Um, man, is that is that a one pointer, Pete? It is a one pointer because what? what? What if I extend it to under a half a carry? <laughs> okay, so, so you're no saying he, do, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, touch he just the doesn't, ball. He just doesn't get. Well, if he gets a catch, it doesn't count. But if he gets a carry, I'm ruined. I'll give him three points if he wants to say zero yes. carries for Cam Akers in a. What do you, will you give him that? Yeah, spec? I think that's fair. Look, uh, John's a friendly guy. I'll, I'll, I'm, the house is very flexible if I have to make the rules. It's, it's the accent. <laughs> it tricks people. <laughs> the, the Texan accent always wins me over, whether male or female, really. Um, next, well, actually, no, next game, I have to pick one from this one. God, I, there's not much to like here either for me. I'm going to say that um, Robert Woods over 20 fantasy points feels good to me. I, I think that he's been quiet. Miami's still not a good pass defense, despite the additions they've made. Uh, Pete, is that is that enough for you to get through this? this that, game? That's a that's a three pointer. He's projecting okay. for 13.64. That's a, that's a good three pointer. Yeah, the over 20 fantasy points, John. Not a metric that works out as well as you would think, but uh, we go for it a lot. <laughs> I know and it, it fails. It's always guys getting 16 and a half, and it drives me insane. But I just got to keep trying. I'm I deal. will. I was going to say what I need to go back to. I had the most success was taking one guy over another guy in a game, just like yeah. heads up. Like I had Tim Patrick over Travis Kelsey last week and got that one. So I think I need to get back to my bread and butter. 
But maybe for this next game, you could do that. Tennessee getting 29.8 implied points for their side. Cincinnati getting 24.3 implied points. Game with a 54-point over-under, which has moved a half point throughout the course of the week downwards. And um, I think John goes first in this one. John, you can go. Okay, we're going for 10 points here. The big dog and my roommate, Evan Silva, rosters Derrick Henry in whatever tournament he plays on DraftKings. But to, in order to prove there's not collusion, I'm also picking former All-State point guard and fitness trainer, Soccer Dave, Dave Kitchens, to also roster Derrick Henry in the tournaments he plays on FanDuel. So, Silva the, plays- th- That's like a 99% lock. Oh, really? Okay. I was going to say, because Kitchens is not going to care about 9,500 egregiously. Okay, so how about this? One of them, they both roster Derrick Henry. That's step one. How step are we fact-checking this, Daigle? Uh... <laughs> We could probably use someone's tools that let you look at people's lineups. And then and then either one of them have to take down the tournament they're in. How about that? One, oh, two, wow. three. Okay. Yes. I Ten we point will me. know. Ten they point will, me. They will post a screenshot if they win the tournament. So Thank we you. will we will know. The big All dog, right, soccer team, roster the big dog, and then no. one of them takes down the tournament. No, Spags, I will make a one-time exception. I'll give Daigle a hundred points if one of them win. <laughs> a DFS tournament with more than 500 people in it with Derrick Henry in the lineup. The Love amount it. of shade you're throwing towards Evan and Dave, they're not even here to defend themselves, but I guess they'll <laughs> hear it. I'll hear it. Kitchen only does the fourth quarter flash drafts. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pete, what's your pick in this game? Okay. Yeah. I want to do, let's do it. Like, you know, if, if you're going to go against the big dog, you need to do it in all formats. I'll say T Higgins outscores the big dog. Ooh, okay. I'm going to, you know what? I'll, I'll, Pete, I'm going to steal one from you. I'll say AJ Green outscores the, the El Gran Perro, Derrick Henry. Okay, mm. there we go. That's Dueling. more points. That's more points than T. Higgins. I, they're <laughs> yeah. projected very similar. 11.46, 12.23. Get out of here. I'm a, yeah. I'm a hand projector. Hand builder and hand projector. <laughs> hand projector. <laughs> you just like to eyeball it like you're baking. <laughs> How have I not thought of that bit? That well, I do hand projections. When you, when you, steal, it, when you steal it from that. me, you better credit me. I am stealing that. Where it's, <laughs> it's my proprietary back of the napkin system. <laughs> Pete's name is going to be hand projections, and then he has to credit you in there. It's going to be a very long username. Please do. <laughs> uh, next game up, we got the Jets getting 14.8 implied points. Kansas City getting 34.3. Uh, it is a, a 19 and a half point spread in this game. That's outlandish. 49 point over under, which hasn't moved throughout the week. And I think I'm due to take a first one up here. And I'm going to say, Parabin, I don't think gets in. I'm going to say Jeff Smith over 15 fantasy points. That feels like enough of a threshold for old Jeffy. I like it. I like it. I'm going to keep with my style here. I'm going to stay on brand. I'm going to say Denzel Mims outscores Tyreek Hill. Mm. Ooh, okay. I like that. Five deep. All right, well, I'm going to trump everyone and say Demarcus Robinson eclipses the Nightmare's 20 fantasy points. Wow. All right. We're cooking with gas now, baby. <laughs> and now the rules, they finally make sense, John. That's the thing with Pete's rules. They're so abstract. It's like looking at a Picasso painting. You're like, where's the nose? I don't know. <laughs> you figure it out. It's all gravy. <laughs> Next game up, we got Minnesota getting 22 implied points. Green Bay getting 29 implied points. Six point favorite at home. 51 point over and then on this one, which actually come down three points over the course of the week. So uh, I'm going to just say for me, I'm going to go first. I'm going to take the under on this one. That's that's a big drop throughout the week. If you got it earlier, gr- good for you. But I'm surprised by that number. But yeah, that's that's a bad sign. So I'm just going to take the under. Pete, uh, or actually, no, John, go first. Uh, Kyle Rudolph outscores Robert Tanyan. Ooh, I, I see that, that not hot on PFF. <laughs> Looks good for Kyle Rudolph. Is that not hot enough? No, that's not hot enough, Daigle. I, I, forget how, I forget how sharp everyone is because people used to think after that one island game, Robert Tanya was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Williams outscoring Dalvin Cook is not hot. Uh, let's do. I'll let you Jeff- do Jim. Okay. I, I was going to say Jefferson over Adams. That probably isn't hot either. No, that's hot. Okay. Justin Jefferson, Jefferson over Adams is very hot. Okay. okay. Justin Jefferson over Adams. I'll take that. That's one. a three pointer for sure. Yeah, I'll take three points. Um, I am going to, you know, I get a little out of control. I get caught up in the emotions. I need to make protect myself uh, of getting zero points, which people were mad that I let uh, Spags off the hook for doing that last week. He did finish with zero points. People do forget that. Oh, were people mad about that? Were they? <laughs> yeah, Willis in the comments was like, I can't believe, you, you know, he didn't uh, go harder on you there. So I'm going to do an easy one. I think I had read Thorman talk about this game of being uh, a game that could potentially slow down. 
And the over is, is higher here than what I think you would expect. So I'm going to take the under. Under, uh, I believe it's at 54, but whatever the posted line is. So you mean the thing that I took? Yeah. They both, Wait. So y'all both took it. <laughs> Except you took the under at a higher threshold than I did. <laughs> I said whatever the posted is. I missed, I missed it. Whatever. It's, We're on the same pick. Now it's at 51. Yeah, are all, yeah, yeah, are all the same pick after the zero point spiel. Yeah, we, yes. no, we can both take hang the under. Hang on. Changing my mind. I want the over. I want to leverage Spags here. <laughs> I'm ta- officially on the record on the over. Love it. Classic tournament play feed. Always trying to get some leverage. <laughs> Next one up, the Chargers getting 23.5 implied points. Denver getting 20.5 implied points. A three-point dog at home. 44 point over under in this game. It's come down a half point. And Pete, I think you're due to go first. All right. Um, my one guy that I've already started to put in my beautiful hand-built lineups is Noah Fant. I will say Noah Fant finishes as a top three tight end on the week. Oh, you're going against Albert O. Albert Agui Boonham, of course. One of the, the shower three. narrative. <laughs> the shower yeah. narrative. Crucial. John, what do you want in this game? The issue is that my hand projections say Albert O will lead all tight ends and DraftKings points this week. That's a 10-pointer. That's a that's a definite ten pointer. That's a definite ten pointer. Okay, I, I like it. I like Alberts getting the looks. I man, I wish there were a Donald a Donald Parham one that would be good, but I don't I don't know that I believe in that enough. Um, oh, Keenan Allen's going to be owned out the ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's underpriced. Yeah, I agree. Justin Herbert, I'll say top three QB on the week too. I, you know, it's not likely that both he and Josh Allen get there, but I think one of these guys is going to pay off. And I love Justin Herbert even against defense. So that's. That's bold enough for me, I think, to get three points, Pete. Yeah, that's a three-pointer. All right. Niners getting 25.5 implied points. Seattle getting 28.5 implied points. Game with a 54-point over-under that has not moved throughout the week. And, John, you can go first. Jarrett McKinnon out-touches and outscores every active running back for both teams. Okay. I think that's that's a very fair one to me. Yeah. This is not fair because Pete was the only person I've heard all week long that also liked Jarrett McKinnon. I've been on an island by myself talking people, about People him. aren't excited about McKinnon? No, dude, everyone loves Hasty. They love Hasty. Oh, wow. I'm totally with you on that. Interesting. Especially once I read about the rest thing, like they said that outright. They thought it was a rest game for him, which would have been nice to know in advance. But yeah, it does seem like yeah. McKinnon gets but his both work. Of them. Both, it has to do both. It has to be touches and fantasy points. I support it. All right. To get my uh, points. What is that? How many points does that get, Pete? Um... I think that, I think that's a three pointer. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's because he's projected for fifteen point five high to see at twelve ish. So yeah, it seems yeah, it seems about right. I'll take it. Hey, what do you want? Yeah, so I mean, I love Brandon Ayuk. You, you guys know I love these these rookies. It seems like he's going to be pretty chalky, uh, and he's kind of expensive at fifty eight hundred. I'm going to say Kendrick Bourne at thirty five hundred outscores Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk, top five wide receiver on the week. Okay. No Debo. Ayuk is just getting so many looks. He's running more routes than Debo was, running 55 or playing 55 snaps, running 33 routes. Like against Seattle, they just can't defend anything in the past game, I think. But his four four carries came as well. uh, And the two games, Debo Samuel wasn't healthy. So we expect more carries this week as well. Yeah, so maybe he gets a little jet sweep action. There's some ways for Brandon to make it work, but I, I man, he's he looks like a really good receiver for them that's going to help out. But uh, we'll see. New Orleans getting 24 implied points, Chicago getting 19.5 implied points. Last game of the main slate in NFL DFS, 43.5 point over under. And um, I feel like I'm due to take one first. So we don't know Robinson. We don't know. I'll take Darnell Mooney gets 15 fantasy points in this one. That way he can do that if Robinson's out, but he can do that even more easily if Robinson is in. Uh, Pete, you can go. I can't even like muster up any enthusiasm for this game. Like I don't even have a take. So I guess I'll just take the under. I'll finally get my under uh, and, and hope that this game is as gross as it looks. I'm John, not, I'm not correlating the bets together for the points here, but what does correlate with the saints winning big is the fact that Nick Foles will be benched in game. Oh, so you think Mitch is back in there? I think Nick Foles is benched in game for Mitch. Yes. Who has played worse than Mitch. Yes. Wow. Okay. I like that. I like that. That's, that's, that's a three pointer. At least I think that has to be spicier than three points. Come on. Let me haggle a little bit. This is where we fall into some gray territory. Yes. Is it worth more than three? Yes. Is it a 10? No. And unfortunately in this binary system, it is the only three or 10. Therefore it is a three. (laughs) This is the worst system I've ever heard. (laughs) Thank you, John. Thank you. I agree completely. (laughs) 
mean, I appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Spags and I have both created segments uh, for to punish each other. His with the numbers <laughs> don't lie, and me with the rider dice. It, re- it really incentivizes not trying to get any points. To be quite honest, it's yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like whose line is it anyways? It's a game where the points don't matter. Yep. <laughs> and speaking of a game where the points might not matter at all, Dallas getting 17 implied points against Philadelphia. He's getting 26 implied points. Game with a 43 point over under. Not a lot of big believers here in Ben DiNucci, but I'm going to take this first because you guys wouldn't take it anyway. Ben DiNucci, showdown winning captain, Pete, on oh, Sunday night. <laughs> you love Ben DiNucci, man. I love him. I hope he he's going to make me so proud, and I'm going to have meatballs and big ZD just to celebrate oh, me right. and Ben finally thriving. There's John, a what do you want? There's a better chance Ben DiNucci sells me a, a Toyota Camry than there is him ending up <laughs> not with a Fiat, You're not even going go with an Italian car? <laughs> a Maserati, my bad. John, uh, what do you want? You took mine. So I will say, what about Tony Pollard being the highest scoring running back in this game? Ooh, uh, the, the Zeke shoe has got to fall at some is point. Three? Uh, Pete's giving yeah. me eyes. That's a I, I think, okay. That's got to be 10 with, with Boston Scott on the other side. I feel like that's, yeah, that's 10 in the game, not on the team, in the whole game. Oh, okay. All right. I'll give yeah. 10. I'll give 10. All right, cool. Pete, what do you want? All right. We're getting Jalen Rager back, baby. Showdown Ooh. captain Jalen Rager immediately slides in, houses a few of these deep balls from Carson Wentz. Let's do it. All right, so lots to look at here for the showdown uh, when you've already lost all of your money <laughs> on Sunday. You can then roll it forward towards the showdown. John, we appreciate you being here a bunch. You're at Roto World. You're at, at not John. At, man, I'm going to screw it up. Yeah, it's at the worst. Jay Daigle. Not Jay Daigle, of course. I'm I'm too distracted by the other John Daigle who's either disappeared, given up on Twitter, or unfortunately passed on to the great beyond. But where can people find your best work, John, every week? Yeah, not your shit work. Where's your best stuff? (laughs) Okay, not the shit stuff. Uh, Do not go to at not Jay Daigle on Twitter, as you said. Uh, Rotoworld.com, Tuesday Waiver Wire. Then also, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Roto World Football Podcast, which is the number one podcast under the entire NBC umbrella. So please join us and listen. Wait, so you're beating out some like Housewives podcasts and stuff in there? We are. I'm giving too much away in this podcast. God, we shut myself up. No, give Uh, Give us the peek behind the curtain here. Uh, we are beating out if you couple the two or three podcasts behind us, we are beating them out. Wow. I won't, I won't wow. say what they are. Everyone's, do, everyone's doing good work, but that speaks to the numbers of the Roto World Football Podcast. It's Josh Norris, man. The dude just. Sure, he's, he's a handsome he, fellow. He just brings everybody out. Uh, Pete, what do you want to plug, if anything? I know you did uh, the Tilt Space show, of course, going off every Sunday, but um, what uh, what do you have coming up? I want to plug Vacoder mics. I want Spags. <laughs> I have like part of it. Like it is very good. You figured that out because we were able to do a relatively normal show. I was going to cry laughing through the whole show if that didn't get fixed. Um, I'm it was StreamYard. It was not my fault because I, I oh, StreamYard. Look, StreamYard has some flaws for professional broadcasting. That's all I would say. It is you. the beer bong equivalent of microphones. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Everyone like, watched this show today and really thought the the wrong variable was StreamYard. <laughs> look, I'm defending myself. I'll be on somehow. I'll be on the Awesome Sunday Live Before Lock show again, returning to my old haunts to get some freelance money and hang out and plug this show is what I'll be doing on there. So uh, watch that if you're you're probably already watching that if you're watching this podcast. But that's that's all I got. Um, yeah. Any final words, Sean, before we call it quits? No, thank you, both of you. You know I enjoy both of your work. Love hanging out with you. Pete, I will see you in Cape Cod uh, next year, hopefully. But until that point, yeah. Hopefully we can do this again. One of Pete's guest rooms, hanging out, doing some bunny ears. I'm I'm, I'm moving in with Pete and Lauren next. There we go. Please don't say my wife's name on this wild. I get too friendly. I start talking with friends, and I just forget we're actually recording professionally here. Hey, it happens. It happens. All right, hit the like button, subscribe, five stars, and review an Apple podcast. We'll be back with you guys Sunday night after Sunday night football, back to the usual schedule. So we'll see you guys then. Enjoy your weekends and good luck.